Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Mel Helmold Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. I'm the general manager, Josh Buffer, service director. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. Anyway, it's a beautiful, chilly kind of Saturday yeah. morning out there, isn't it? A little bit different, uh, for sure. Fall is coming. So, anyway, 316-462-3673. Hey, anything ailing your car, tires, bricks, batteries, anything you want to talk about in the automobile world, race, MH Ford Racing, anything that's going on there, we would love to talk to you and get a great price package only show I know you get paid to call in on. So let's get the phones ringing. 316-462-3673. That'll punch you right into the front desk here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Tell them you want to get on the podcast and we'll get you timed in here for your question. And as always, Josh, what's in that great prize package for each and every caller? So we're going to mail it out to you, but it's going to consist of the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. We use Motorcraft oil and filter products here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Uh, while we're performing that, we're also going to complete a multi-point inspection, checking over that vehicle, the brakes, tires, steering, suspension, all the safety-related components, just making sure that it's ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. You'll also receive yourself $10 to Mel's Diner, so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're here with us at the big corner. You'll get uh, BG, or excuse me, complete nitrogen for your tires. So you get all the great benefits that nitrogen has to offer. And then a BG products uh, package, which is going to consist of a can of MOA or motor oil additive uh, for your engine oil. And then CF5 for your uh, uh, fuel system. Again, just getting that vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, so let's get the phones ringing. 316-462-3673. We already got one caller coming through. We'll get uh, Jason patched in here real quickly. And uh, morning, Delbert. How you doing? And uh, the camera is at a different angle, Josh, is what Delbert said. Yeah, it is. Uh, we we went, uh, so we did the the briefing for the, the wider angle. Uh, there was four of us on here the last time, and I did not move it back. So. That's all right. And then we got that big old white. Thing yeah, got in a poster too. board over there. <laughs> so and it is what it couple, is. A couple of little different things. So, but uh, yeah, got a <laughs> caller headed through here. We'll get him patched in. But a uh, lot of a uh, lot of exciting stuff to talk about this week for we sure. We do. He's coming through. Oh, sorry. I, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was on already. Yep, there we go. So, good morning, Jason. You're live with Under the Hood. Go ahead. Morning, gentlemen. How are you guys this morning? We're doing great. Hey, so I got a question, and something that I kind of got into debate with somebody, but I have a 2015 Ford F-150, and so to see, but he was telling me he was using E85 in his truck, on, and I thought, why would you do that? Because I don't think that truck requires it, besides mine's got the EcoBoost on it, so does he, but I just want to know, can you use E85 in these trucks? I've tried Googling it, and I can't really get a good answer, but I've always gone with what it recommends, and I always use the 87 Octane. Yeah, yeah, 80, 87 Octane is uh, uh, where where you need to be uh, with those EcoBoost engines. I guess what I'm going to say is you can try it. Try a full tank, you know, run the tank as low as you can, and then put a, tan a can of, I mean, a tank of E85 through it and just see what it does for your fuel economy and your power and everything else, too, from that standpoint. Just see what it does. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to degrade your power and it's going to lose some fuel economy and everything else, too. And uh, I don't know how much cheaper the E85 is right now than regular 87 uh, from that part, but it would be a good test. But uh, I'd be scared to death what it would do with the fuel mileage and the lack of power that it would change into, Jason. Because I would think that the alcohol would eat up the fuel system um yeah so there is a e the the alcohol or the e ethanol fuels um or ethanol, i'm sorry yeah <laughs> yeah the the ethanol fuels a, a lot of the um 
fuel systems anymore are, I guess, necessary are able to handle the fuels, but there's the vehicles that are capable of running the higher ethanol contents have additional components in there. I mean, it's monitoring uh, what the ethanol content is of that fuel, and it's also uh, calibrating, you know, your timing and uh, injector pulse and uh, a lot of other things to <clears throat> compensate for the different burn that that ethanol is going to give the vehicle. And so um, the vehicles that are designed to to run both fuels or everything, it's okay to, to run them. What you have to do, though, is you can't just put, you know, a couple gallons of this in and then a couple gallons of that in. You really need to kind of burn one and stick with it or at least go like a fuller tank because it does take a little while for that uh, computer system to, to go back and forth. Um, and you will, I mean, it, you will get less miles per gallon on ethanol uh, or on a higher ethanol content than you do, uh, you know, 87 octane. Uh, from that side and so end of the day is the is the savings that you're you're getting getting from the lesser price of the fuel really worth it uh you know i don't know i think ethanol is a really good thing in the sense of what it does for the the farmers and you know um also just making fuel more reasonable for sure but as far as uh dollars and cents if it's a huge savings i i I can't say that I would think that it would make a huge amount of difference one way or the other. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It'd be a good I mean, test to kind of see. And then the next thing I would do if I was you is run that tank of ethanol all the way out and then go put a tank of premium in and see what it does uh, from that standpoint. <laughs> okay. And see what it does. Oh, you might yeah. be surprised uh, with that EcoBoost that premium might help it a little bit and, and get you some more miles per gallon, a little bit more power. But then again, the cost difference of figuring out where you're really at but i still think after the test would be already done jason you'll find out that that e87 is i mean the 87 octane is the best fuel the best alternative the best price and the best efficiency of that truck is what i'll bet right. you would find um from that standpoint well i know you can mix 87 octane with premium i just didn't know about the e85 because i'm really worried about the e85 so i'll probably just stick to what i've been doing just use the 87 unleaded gotcha totally get it anyway but I if you appreciate the feedback, guys. Anytime. Thanks for the call, Jason. And uh, Delbert, you need to go check out some of the comments. Delbert's kind of driving at you today. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good is that Jason guys. Cox? And it is Jason Cox. All right, Jason. Hey, thanks it for is. the call. And uh, Delbert, thanks for all the comments on the side there. Really appreciate it. So let's get, keep the phones ringing. Right, Delbert. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Have a great weekend, bud. You too. Thanks, Jason. All right, 316-462-3673. Let's keep the phones ringing. Love to hear from you and give you away the great prize package reaching every caller. So anyway, let's give a few updates. Yeah, I shouldn't be sitting here, should I, Josh? But uh, I'm sitting here. Team 3J went up to Boone, Iowa, and we uh, start off day one of a – well, we went up last Saturday and raced to get kind of practice in and and uh, didn't have the car dialed in. We kept dialing in and dialing it in, and uh, we drew very terrible on the first day, and so we had to work in, out of that. And did okay if we moved forward and everything else like that. Day two, we went for a good draw. And uh, took off on a heat race and made two laps before a guy spun twice, which I'm not sure why they let him stay out there after he spun once to spin twice in a row, spun right in front of Jake and took us out. So we uh, got a damaged race car and we're headed, we are back and we are headed back and uh, 
get Buddy and Tanner over to Farrell. We're going to do this race car to get it finished up so we can finish out the year. But uh, just kind of sucks to be back sitting here in Wichita instead of being at Boone, Iowa, trying to see what we can go do. And I think we'd have qualified very well. And uh, on the sounded like the car after you know after the first uh, after Saturday, you got to work with it a couple days uh, on the track, and it sounded like it was definitely yeah. headed in the right direction. For we sure. were when we took off in that heat race. The car took off and it was doing very well. And uh, just too bad i guess you call it racing it is what it is but uh good luck to those guys up there in boone and we'll see what they can do up there and there's several uh kansas guys up there that have qualified already so we'll see if we can get a few more in there going uh, from that standpoint so good luck to those guys and just sucks we're sitting back here in wichita instead of sitting <laughs> in boone iowa that's for dang sure i can tell you that for yeah, sure so yeah and what you said there was about 900 cars up there or so yeah i don't think i don't think they quite hit a thousand they might have hit a total thousand of all the cars that's being entered in a deal but i tell you it's a it's an amazing show it's a crazy how many cars are there to put that all in a in one particular area but i will tell you those guys do run a a great racetrack they know how to uh uh run a racetrack they know how to keep that thing farmed up and grooved up i mean i've 15 minutes they can go out there and farm that track wet it pack it back down and we're back racing again and they do it every 10 races so uh they've got it down to a science they've got about six tractors running right out there and everything else too but they do know how to put on a show they know how to do it and uh there's just so many heat races and so many races they got to go through and uh do i wish they could get everything perfect yeah but it's, it's not we're all human we're not going to get it perfect and everything else too from that standpoint so uh yeah it's a, it's a fun time, and uh, it was an uh, experience that uh, never forget. Just wish we'd still be racing, but we're not. So, Anyway, so enough on Team 3J. Let's quick over last night. The uh, Goose, let's uh, call into the show, buddy. Love to hear from you. Goose from Kansas International Dragway. And, yes, our Mustang last night, Josh, took off uh, with the best pass we've seen. So uh, Nick uh, sent me the time slaps last night that we did. But he thinks we need a new set of tires. We could have went faster, but um, – the car hit a 10, 4, 7, 9, 3 at the quarter mile, 122.82 miles in deal. And the eighth mile, it did a 6.8083. So it was zinging along pretty good. So Yeah, it was. And that was only on seven pounds of boost. So we, uh, we need to get to... Put, put a little bit more boost in it and see what it does and see how it goes. And then Nick just put down here, the final was a 10 31 at 136. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so 10 31 at 136 mile an hour, a mile an hour really jumped up too. So Nick, you might yeah. want to call in and tell us what you did, how the passes went on the, on the 21 uh, Mustang of ours. Excited for that. Next step is we're going to get it on the dyno and actually see how much power it's actually producing. BG products is going to do that for us. They've got that fantastic dyno. You know, we had my 500 on, so we're going to go over there and put it on there next. Uh, but uh, it sounds to me like we need to put a set of tires on that thing and see if we can get that thing maybe in the nines. But that was been my goal to get it in the nine seconds. So, of course, only seven pounds of boost. I don't know if maybe Nick turned that up, turned the boost up a little bit more or, left, or if he left it at seven pounds. But, Nick, give us a call. Let us know what you got. Goose, call in. Let's talk about what's going on at Kansas International Dragway, what's happening there, all your schedules, who's racing, what's going on. Love to hear from you uh, for what's happening on that standpoint, which got going on out there at Kansas International Dragway. So 316-462-3673. Hey, that's the number to dial in. And we'll take your calls and give you that great price package for each and every caller. So let's see if we can get Nick and Goose to get called in here real quick and update us on everything there from that part. And then Delbert R. I agree. I used to use 87 octane. E10 then went to ethanol, eight regular 87, and I get three miles a gallon more 
and five gallon more on highway i would never burn e85 in a car because it's not recommended by the manufacturer i agree i guess you got to put that e85 in there only when it's recommended and that e85 is always stamped on your fuel as you open the fuel door it'll tell you what that vehicle is designed and what it needs to run but I, again I'll, i'd love to see if jason would go run a couple tanks that stuff through and kind of see what it does and if it does change much or whatever and uh, Goose says it has all the power for the nines. I, that's been my goal is thinking to get that Mustang in the nine second range, Goose. So I hope we can get there. We're not too far away. Three tenths is a lot to get, though, in a quarter mile. We already got it maxed out. But I, we'll see what kind of boost we can put in that car. And and, uh, and Josh, you got a long block ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, that, uh, you know, I think I, the transmission, I think, could be where. Uh, yeah, that's going to get yeah, I don't know. I think the transmission will be the first. Yeah, one of them sitting here ready to go yet, I'm, too. I, I think we do. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we do. So I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what holds up. But even, you know, we we passed uh, uh, we passed stock a long time ago. And for the car to, to go this far into the equation and not have broken anything yet, I think that's uh, that's pretty impressive, really. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I, th I think it's pretty impressive too what that car can do, and I think we got to we got to break something. I hate to tell you that, but I do. Well, you got to find out what the weak link is. Find right? it is. I mean, uh, isn't that kind of what racing is? Is uh, finding the finding the weakest link and then uh, getting yeah. that fixed, and then finding the next one and <laughs> keep going, right? So forth and so, so on. So yeah, so Goose is retexting back in here. Yeah, it has all the power for the nines, and also something about a converter. Yeah, we might need to put a converter in it too to see what it'll kind of do to help us get. That thing started off the start and everything else too. Can't wait to get behind the wheel. I think again. I know that I probably can't wheel it as good as old Nick Roberts can wheel it, but uh, still want to get behind it, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. See what we can do with it too. I'd love to see what it can do in that car. Of course, want to get over to BG and put it on the dyno and see what that actual get the actual horsepower to the wheels of that car and just kind of see how much we're putting down. Will be fun and exciting from that part too. So I was trying to think on the tires. That's probably that's well, age wise, it's probably an older set too. Uh, I would think. Well, actually, no, because no, they come out with those other. Yeah, uh, we put yeah. the new ones on before the beat the heat. You know, right. I think that car ran quite a few it track did passes do that, that night. Yeah, on the heat, beat the heat uh, track night. So it is probably time for a set of tires put on it and see what it does. And I wonder if we have to talk to Nick about that too. I don't know what tire we actually have on. I can't keep track of all those numbers in my C7 and one of these and all that other stuff that Hoosiers got for these drag cars and stuff. Uh, I'd love to see if maybe there's a different tire we need to put on it or whatever to hold that thing up more or what we need to do. I don't know guess we'll find out from Nick what he's got. I think, you know, I think we put a set of uh, drag radials on it the last time is what I'm, we did. I'm pretty sure it was yeah, because they were, new to, they were new to Hoosier. And so. Nick Goose just said, yeah, it needs slicks, not radials. So, yeah, that might be the thing. Different set of tires, and uh, maybe that's all it needs, a little more boost and more tires, and then see what breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Next part, please. Next <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so let's get the phones. We're going to 316-462-3673. Love to hear from you. Anything ailing your car, tires, brakes, batteries, anything in the racing world, anything in the new products, love to hear from you. So, hey, let's switch gears. Let's go to new, new uh, the new stuff before Josh and, and I and Lisa and Shannon are headed to Las Vegas tomorrow. We're headed up to uh, the Ford New Car Show. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they have to present to us and what they're going to show us. I bet we're going to see some new products. I think we're... We're going to drive something at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Not sure what that's going to be yet. We haven't heard, but I bet it's going to be the lightnings. I bet we're going to drive some lightnings around. I'm not sure if that's what it's going to be either. 
got a caller coming in. We'll get uh, Nick Pratched in here. Nick's going to give us an update on the drag car, how it went and everything else last night. So it'll be fun to see what Ford's going to give with us. And then the next thing is going to be is, is and uh, phone's ringing. So let's go to the phones. Nick, you're live with Under the Hood. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. All right, let's give us a debriefing of last night, of how, how the car went, what it did, and all that good stuff too, buddy. Uh, yeah, so last night we started off the night uh, on seven pounds of boost, and that's really where we stayed. Uh, when the wastegates would try to open on the shift, they would dump all the boost when I tried to go to higher boost. So I'm going to change the wastegate springs out today and try to make sure that they can stay shut. But so... I just really worked on getting the car to launch, uh, a bunch of suspension settings on the car, getting it where it was happy. And then I think we kind of ran into that the tires might have outlived their life. But yeah, the, the first uh, real pass was that 10.4. Um, and the 1,000-foot mile an hour was about 122 or 124. The oh, did I read the tech card wrong? Yeah, so the quarter mile was still 134.89 on that one. Oh, yeah, I didn't read the wrong mile. I read a 1,000-foot mile. Yeah, 134. Yep, okay. So then just worked on the launch, worked on the launch, uh, kept adjusting the straps and shocks, and then finally got it down to the 1031 and the 136.3. Okay, so you think so, changing the wastegate springs out, and then you can put more boost to it. So what are you thinking how much more boost we're going to stick to it? Well, I was really hoping we would have got to 15 last night, but then, like I said, it would flutter. It would get there on the leave, and then as soon as the car would shift, it would cut the boost away and then go right back to the wastegate seven pounds. So um, I think it's really only going to take about two to three more pounds to get into the nines the way it was going. Um, but at, at 15, I would expect that we we're probably going to be mid to, mid to low nines pretty easy. Well, that's going to be fun and exciting to see what it does. Now, the next question me and Joshua are discussing is what's going to break first? Is it the motor? Is it transmission? What's going to break or where are we going to, where's the weak link? And I want to, I hate to tell you this, Nick, but I want to find that weak link and know what it is, if whether it is the training or it's the motor or whatever. And we've got everything. I think we got, a, I don't know if we got a long block setting here for that thing or not, but uh, yeah, we, don't, we, we better get one. What'd you say, Nick? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's going to be the axle. Oh, I think really? the axles are going to give it out first. Yeah. Uh, on the uh, last launch, uh, I mean, it left really good, really hard. And I, I kind of cringed when I let go of the button was like, Oh, them stock axles. <laughs> well, but I, it did real, like I said, it did real well. And well, let's, let's I, go I another to, step on the axles. I would hate for that to break and tear something else up in the car or can it. So should we go ahead and get some different axles underneath that thing and not take a chance of tearing all that steed suspension? Yeah, usually when they break, they just break yeah, at the joint. Sure the, so. the axle, yeah. Okay. Now, you know what I'm saying? I just don't want that axle to come apart and then tear a whole bunch of other sure. things up or whatever or hurt the car in a different way that we can't send it to have to send it to a body shop or something like that, too. So we need to think about that, too. If you think it is the axles, I'm almost say we ditch those stock axles and put some better axles in it, and then let's find the weak link after that because I, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't, maybe, maybe that thing won't tear nothing else up when that axle breaks or whatever. But, uh, again, maybe we need to find out that is the weak link and figure out what that, where that pressure is at to, we'll snap one of those axles. I'm not sure, but, uh, okay, let's go, let's switch back to the Hoosier tires for a minute. I know we put a set of drag radials on it and goose is texting in here saying we need slicks, not radials, but, uh, we did put a set of drag radials on it. It's what we have on it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, you know, I think it's the, we ran this big thing was, I would hate to even count how many passes those radials have on it. I mean, because the whole beat the heat night, that car never stopped. Uh, let alone all of our testing. So those radials have really done really, really well for us. Um, usually on a car like this, the radial will usually net a faster time than a slick as long as the track surface or whatever you're racing on or the car suspension setup is proper. Um, well, let's go another step. So, Were you on a prep track or a non-prep track last night? It was a prep track last night. It was a prep night. track was, last we night. Had a, it was really, really good track. I mean, the air temperature was pretty good. It was, it was a nice night to try to yeah. try to get it to go fast. And I, I think seven pounds of boost to go bottom tens was pretty, pretty impressive. Um, I've seen a lot of other cars that have tried to be, you know, 10, 12 pounds to get to the same number. So I, I, I think like I said a few more pounds and it's going to be an easy nine second car. And then after that, when we really start letting it eat, it's going to be real fun. <laughs> like that too well that's been the whole idea of this car when we started this uh almost uh god how long we've been building on this thing now year and a half yeah, about a, yeah. yeah. a year yeah we need to get another video out and update everybody on hunt for the horsepower that we haven't done for quite a while but i think we have been waiting so many times on times and, and you know if our busy schedules and everything else too so i think it'll be fun to get that out there again and get some video going and show that thing launching and all that good stuff too so let's get a different set of tires on it but Let's really think about those axles a little bit too, if we should change them or not change them. I mean, that's not, unless we want to figure out that is the weak link. I don't know. We need to discuss that too and figure out from that's what we want to do. The next thing is the, to me, the other thing we do get a set of slicks on it. Let's get it over to uh, BG and let's get it on the dyno and just kind of see what kind of power it's putting out. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. What's going on at Kansas International Dragway today? Anything happening out there? What happened last night and all that good stuff too? So, yeah, last night was a, uh was just a midnight mayhem deal. So uh, we still opened the gates at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m., sorry. And then uh, we just an open test and tune and all the bracket racers held a uh, bracket gamblers race. So uh, that was pretty cool. There was quite a few bracket racers out there. Um, but nothing nothing for the rest of the weekend. Uh, May Briar out at Mad has a huge heads up race um, today. So we don't want to step on each other's toes. And I think that's going to be pretty big for him. So Okay, got to kind of work together. Yep, that sounds good. You got to do that. You got to participate with each other, not step on each other's toes and work their schedules together so uh, everybody can be profitable. And that is what this name of the game is right now with the uh, uh, with these tr racetracks and stuff is getting a uh, uh, profit made for these tracks to stay alive and everything else too. And everybody doesn't realize all the expense and everything that goes into running one of these racetracks and all that kind of stuff until you're in the heat of the, in the, in the battle, not in the heat of the battle, but when you're in the battle of, of making that racetrack go and stuff like that too, but each track's got to survive every track. So I really think that's a great relationship you guys have with Chris out at, at, at mad and the, the way you guys are working well together there. I think that's uh, pretty good. Yep. For sure. So, well, anyway, okay, we'll uh, head out to can't, uh, Mad, in, uh, Mad. it's Mid-America Dragway in Arc City today. Do you know any times or anything there on that part? I believe I read it was like the gates open at noon, if, I, if I'm correct. Gates open at noon and stuff, so looking for some drag race fun. It's time to head out to Mid-America Dragway in Arc City, and uh, sorry that uh, Kansas International Dragway is closed, but last night sounded like it was fun. What's up next for Kansas? Is it open up? What's you guys got next on the schedule for Kansas International Dragway? Uh, so we're actually working uh, with quite a few people and haven't the date's not 100% locked, but it'll be coming up real soon. We're going to try to do a fall nationals. Uh, 
I'm trying to work with, uh, do a quick six shootout for pro mods, a quick six shootout for nitro funny cars, uh, a bunch of heads up stuff, some index stuff. So try to work on something kind of a last minute deal, but really, really big to kind of finish the, the fall off. And then, um, the another, the other big last event will be our Halloween show. Um, that's my favorite one I've done every year with, uh, past owners and stuff. And, We'll have kids bounce houses, trick or treat, trunk or treats, costume contests, uh, pumpkin painting contests, all kinds of crazy fun stuff. That sounds good. So that's on actual Halloween night, the 31st. That will be on the 29th, 29th, Saturday, Saturday, the 29th. Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds like a lot of good fun, a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, I hate to say that the drag racing and the dirt track racing schedules are coming down to the near end. I hate to hear that and stuff like that too, but, uh, it's been a fun year. Can't wait for next year. Can't wait for PRI. Uh, a lot of good things we have coming up, uh, going forward and a lot of exciting things we have planned going forward. So excited for all that kind of stuff too. Just hate that we're running out of time on this year for racing and this stupid winter is coming around. Oh yeah. So anyway, Nick, Hey, thanks for calling in. Thanks for giving us the update and, uh, let's get that, uh, plan up and get some tires on that drag car and see what we're going to do. All righty. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for calling Nick. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Three, one, six, four, six, two, three, six, seven, three. Yep. Mike shared it. I agree. It's time for some more burnouts in front of the show. We need to make a new commercial. That one we did a while back is kind of old. Maybe I can do a burnout in the Chrome car and see how it looks on tv for something like that too just so. just for the purposes to see how it looks on tv though. exactly yeah no other reason anyway delbert uh delbert wants to know they're going to let us film things out in vegas for the new stuff uh i will tell you that uh and when we go into the meetings they lock our phones up and bags so we can't use our phones at all during the meetings now out at the drag strip i don't think they can stop us from doing anything there but i think what they have on display there is probably stuff that's already announced and all that yeah, kind i think of stuff we've too. done a couple of facebook lives from, yeah, I, I kind of remember doing that. I do too. Uh, but you know, Josh last year got in trouble at the meeting. He had to had to he had to get escorted out of the meeting because he was using his phone. <laughs> Supposed to be turning them in at the door. That wasn't Josh. It, was, it was yeah, me. it wasn't me. It was uh, <laughs> it, was it was the me. neighbor to the left of me. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I did get busted up on that deal, but that's okay. I got escorted out of the deal. I had to put my phone back into a bag and everything else too so but anyway yeah, it'll be fun in vegas to see what ford's going to tell us i do know they're going to give us the announcements of what they're going to make the dealers do to qualify to be an ev dealer and i'm afraid what we're going to hear there we're not going to like but it is what it is we're going to be and we're going to be an ev dealer no matter what yeah. we need to find out how to play the game and give us the playbook and let us go after it and go after what we're going to go do with that situation too so uh it'll be fun to see what we got there I and mean, uh, we'll be back tuesday afternoon maybe next week we can be able to josh sit down and Give everybody an update what we saw in Vegas and saw what Ford's going to do and announce what, uh, how this is going to work on the uh, EV dealers. And uh, so that's basically kind of what it's going to be is you're going to be either an, an ICE dealer, which is an internal combustion engine dealer, or you can be both an, an ICE dealer and an EV dealer. But uh, I, I just worried what these recommendations are going to be, or requirements, I should say, to be an EV dealer uh, from that part going forward. So. Hey, anyway, a couple more things on EVs. We got another CTP unit coming on the Lightning. This one's a Lariat. It's oh, in production. Yeah. Uh, got another one in shipping and two more uh, being built. So we got a few more Lightnings on the way. I just can't wait to see what the actual number of Lightnings that we're going to get for 23 uh, from that part. It's going to be interesting to see how many they really give us. Uh, we ended up getting six of the uh, Lightnings for 23. Excuse me, 22. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, from that part. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, Bronco Raptor, we were promised four of those. We're getting one uh, for 22 model year. The other ones are getting moved over to 23s. Hate to hear that too. We got a few more Broncos being built for 22. There's going to be a few people uh, moved to 20, uh, actual 23s. And I've had people that have waited for 23 because there's a new painted top they wanted. And so I got a lot of people waiting on those for the move into 23 model year too. With the painted, painted, painted top. It. And it looks, yeah. the ones I've seen with the painted top, I get why everybody's kind of, the people that are waiting on them, what it does is it does look pretty cool with a painted top instead of that. I'd like to see, so they had that throwback one. The heritage, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, w- I want to see it in person. I yeah, I, I bet. I hope they have that there yeah. in Vegas for us to see too. Uh, I think the heritage edition of the full size Bronco looks cool. The Bronco Sport, I hate to tell you, I think it's ugly. That's yeah. just my opinion. I, I just not, just not you, not you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and see, that's my whole thing. The heritage edition, the Bronco Sport isn't wasn't isn't part of it to me. Is just the full size Broncos? What should they be? It was the old yeah. style stuff. That's where the heritage needs to come into. But they put that heritage on the Bronco Sport and. I don't know. There's, I guess there's a, somebody will like that heritage in the Bronco sport. Just not me. Yeah. But, uh, but I do think the heritage edition of the full size Bronco is cool as you know what, it's very, very neat and everything else too, uh, from that part. So, so anyway, like I said, it'll be exciting to see what they're going to show us out there, but, uh, I'm afraid we're going to not like those EV requirements they're going to put on us dealers to what we got to do to become an EV dealer. Well, and I, you know, on that side of it, it's, uh, to to put a blanketed statement out there for everybody because it is currently is more geographical than you know it will be later on down the road but i think you know your coastal cities obviously are going to be a lot more prevalent in the ev market initially uh for sure but uh you know as far as the capabilities of the trucks and or the the vehicles that they're producing i think they're more than capable uh for sure you know driving that lightning f-150 around or the maki you know, it's it's a joy to drive them. It really is, and the 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 way they ride and how they operate and and everything like that uh, really works. Uh, but there's when you get into a, the pickup market, you know, there's a lot of needs out there, all the way from a guy that just drives a pickup because he wants to drive a pickup to somebody that really tows and pulls and you know has to have the has to have the need for for a gas engine uh, yeah when it comes to that so and mike sheridan says here the ford lightning is insane to drive you anticipate the shift points the engine noise squeaks and creaks and there's nothing i mean it, it is it is impressive to me this this is a base model what i call the yeah. xl where they're calling it the pro uh, if you haven't drove this truck you need to come out here we it's what it's here for everyone to test drive and take it for a spin and stuff too but I can't get over, you know, the big screens in there for all the tech. The other thing is, is it's it's so quiet yeah. inside that cab, and they did a fantastic job with that uh, from the part two. You need to come out and just take that thing for a test drive. That's why it's here. I mean, to me, the most impressive point is, you know, the the features in the truck and then the price point, and to know that that's the base model, you know, because yeah. uh, that truck is 39 Thirty-nine nine, and then there's like a destination. It's just like puts it right at forty thousand, or right, just a little over forty yeah, thousand. I think forty-one something. And to get into a full-size truck for that dollar amount is is yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's perfectly capable. So yep, I agree totally. So if you haven't drove the Lightning, you need to come out here. That's what it's here for. Uh, it's a demo. We're gonna leave it here for a long time. So we have who knows how many we're gonna get or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It could be an interesting deal that the Lariat get here, and maybe we do need to sell the Pro. I don't know. 
uh, we'll have to make that decision what we want to do from that part and, and go from there. The 21 Bronco that we still have full size, I'm getting very close to ready to sell that. Uh, from that standpoint, also the Maverick, if you haven't, uh, of course, no Mavericks on the lot to sell, but we do have a demo for a Maverick. And if you haven't test drove the Maverick of a uh, neat little compact truck that's uh, very cool to drive, very fun, 40 miles to the gallon uh, with that truck. It's a hybrid and uh, more room inside that cab than a Ranger, uh, but smaller than a Ranger yep. on the outside and stuff, too. So if you haven't drove several things to come out here and have fun with and take a test drive and, and everything else, too. So if you haven't done it, come out and take it for a spin and see what you think. So. Anyway, 316-462-3673. Hey, let's get the phones ringing and answer any of your questions that's ailing your car or noises or questions or check engine lights, whatever it might be. Love to hear from you and uh, give you that great price package, of course, for each and every caller. And uh, Jason Cox, intrigued on the new Black Widow model. I'm not sure what the Black Widow model is. Uh, that part, Jason. So, but- so uh, one of the upfitters was doing like a Black Widow. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a Black widow on like the f-150s but i don't know if that was a black widow on a lifted f-150 yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so anyway uh you know talking about trucks like that too we've got a we got in today yesterday a lowered crew cab four-wheel drive shelby f-150 775 horsepower uh uh, shelby truck and then we still have our regular cab black one sitting here too of a Shelby truck too. So kind of rare. We have a couple Shelby sitting here. Got a good selection of Tuscany's right now too. And, uh, and Nick Roberts says Tuscany on the black widow. I think yeah. black widow is made by somebody else. It's not made by, cause Tuscany has the black, black ops, ops edition of that. And we have a couple of those out here too. So several lifted trucks and everything else. Re- reason for that is I took every imaginable truck I could from Tuscany, uh, to build. And that's why we have a good selection of those. Finally, at least, uh, from that part so if you're looking for a good lift truck or, or, or shelby we got a couple of those and love to help you with those trucks also so okay josh anything happened in the shop or anything there i definitely been uh, very busy here the last uh last couple of weeks you know we had uh labor day uh we were closed on saturday and monday which uh you know from the employee standpoint was great to to let those guys uh, be with their families and and stuff like that uh definitely helped there but also from the business side of things we really really were pushing hard on uh, you know friday and then obviously tuesday open opening back up and getting getting caught back up for sure but just going into uh this time of year you get a lot of uh you know uh people going back to school and just making sure everything's everything's right and that uh the cars are cars are good to go for traveling purposes uh when you think about going out of town or on vacation uh for the for the holiday weekend or sending junior off to college or whatever and so been doing definitely a lot of maintenance uh from that side of things and then just preventative maintenance on top of that and uh you know that's that's uh that preventative maintenance is key uh to be able to to uh do a little bit of uh a little bit of preventative maintenance here and what you can save yourself long-term down the road uh, is huge. And it's just really about consumer education and, and trying to, uh, everybody's hurt in a hurry. Everybody's no, running really? and going all the time and I get it. And, uh, but y- you got to take care of the vehicle. You got to do the little things and it will make a huge difference long-term. Uh, yep doing those little things uh for sure so preventive maintenance key and the other thing i will tell you is remember i've said this on many many shows what's in that owner's manual is your minimum minimum requirements to take take care of that vehicle and stuff and as expensive these cars are today 
everybody drives different. Everybody's got different driving habits, all that kind of stuff. We've got a great way of making sure your vehicle is maintained properly. Let us sit down with you and show you the proper maintenance schedule for your driving habits, what you're doing, and build you the proper maintenance schedule to take care of that vehicle, make it last many, many miles uh, from that part. And, uh, of course, Goose writes out there's nothing like a super snake. And, yes, Goose has a uh, – and I should say his wife. Goose, I'm sure you're still driving it too, but they have a regular cab lowered Shelby F-150. Uh, that's, it's like he said, there's nothing like a super snake and it is a fast little truck. Got one sitting here to show him just like it now too. So yeah, from that part, uh, have you drove one of those? I have not. Yeah. I need I to, wondering. I bet goose let me drive his. I bet. Yeah. Uh, I would, if anyone is wondering what to get me for Christmas, I wear a size Bronco Raptor. <laughs> 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 all right, Mr. Furman, we'll get you on the list. See what we can do for you there, that's buddy. A, that's a one-size-fits-all. <laughs> <laughs> a unifit is what they call that. Unifit is correct. So, anyway, uh, 316-462-3673. Hey, let's get the phones ringing. Love to hear from you. Anything ailing your car, tires, brakes, batteries, whatever it might be, we'd love to see what would happen uh, with any questions you might have or whatever we can help you with. So, Got uh, it. Yeah, we got a couple of car shows coming up here. <clears throat> the, so there's one here, the 24th. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember the hours of it. I thought there was a flyer over here. I was digging for it, but we'll definitely update you on that as that gets closer um, <clears throat> from from that side. And then we also, uh, I guess, donate a couple things to the one over here at the church. Uh, this right off of 135th, and that's the first weekend in October, too. So I think a couple of car shows back-to-back uh going on there so you get into that time of year where people are getting their old like, hot rods out it's it's so much nicer to get them out in the cooler weather than the heat of the weather i'm proud yeah. of that too so and probably better on the car too <laughs> than driving <laughs> around in that driving around in the heat for sure yep exactly so uh anyway uh you know the other thing i keep deciding here josh whether to talk about a uh, a vehicle that we have back in the shop it's got seventy some thousand miles on it and the motor's done and it's due to that lack of maintenance and stuff too that you got to do. So just remember that as you're driving along. We used to go every two to three hundred miles and fill a tank up and check all the fluids and do all that kind of stuff. Now we're going five thousand miles. And when you take these vehicles over five thousand miles, you're making that engine oil not cannot provide the lubrication and everything that it needs, and it just starts to break down and everything else too. Uh, remember your engine oil cools your engine more than the coolant does. The coolant is cooling your oils, basically what's happening there too from that part. And when the oil gets sludge and starts plugging up patches and stuff, it can't get to where it needs to get to. And that's when extra heat crosses and that just builds more um, carbon basically from that part. But uh, it's just a good thing. We put that sticker up in the corner of your windshield. Remember it's, uh, it's a, it's just a reminder that it's, it's there. It's got to get it. Just if the car's telling you at five thousand miles it needs an interval, don't look at that motor's manual that says ten thousand miles. I can promise you that there's not an engine oil out there today. I mean, I know Lucas and everybody in their full synthetics will tell you that stuff, but what they forget to tell you is that engine is still putting wear particles. It's still building condensation. It's still building all that stuff, and no oil can go that long and still maintain and not put any extra wear on your engine. Is that oil still lubricating and doing things? Yeah, but uh, that filter can't go that long. I mean, our filters are so good, but they can't go that long. You know, I've got uh, – this was a topic of discussion with uh, – it was being about four or five of the techs uh, back there, and out of the five of them, there was four of them that 
will still change oil on a 3000 mile interval. Well, I hate, you know, to, I, and that's, uh, uh, I don't, to me, that spoke volumes is that, uh, you know, they're the ones that are, they see what's day. going on. They, they know see what's, what's going on. They know what's happening. And, uh, for them to, to do that. Um, well, I'm going to tell you, Josh, I, I, if I was not in a demo and didn't yep. have something that I needed to change my oil and stuff, I'm not sure that I wouldn't be on the 2,500 mile interval, to be honest and, with you. And you know what the, what I don't think the, cons I don't think the consumer really, uh, cares about maybe even the, the, you know, we're at fifty nine ninety five for the work. So that's an oil change and tire rotation. It's not so much the expense of it. It's just the time. Time you know, it takes to get that, it, that it get takes it to do it and, and everything like that. And not even necessarily with us, but just out of everybody's schedule. And it's so easy to say, well, I'll get that. I'll get it week. done later. I'll get, I'll get it done I'll later. get it next I'll week. It, I'll get yeah. it next. Yeah. And then before you know it, you know, 5,000 miles turns into 7,000 7, and 7,000 turns into like 10. 10. Yeah. But it, it's uh maintenance is one of those things that it's uh, you can put it off you know you don't have to do that oil change today or that transmission flush today or that you know yep. or or check the vehicle over uh today but at some point the more you do that the more costly that becomes and it's uh when you're performing maintenance you know you get to pick the time in which you do it yep uh and then also you pretty much have a pretty good idea is cost of what it's going to be at the end of at the end of your service visit when you avoid that and don't do that then the vehicle chooses for you when it breaks yep you're not going to have any idea how much it's going to cost until it's tore apart or you know looked at or diagnosed from that side of things and i can assure you that the price and what you're going to pay for the repairs versus the maintenance is going to be so much greater uh yeah you know and like i said the one with 70 some thousand miles on it needs an engine and the price got to him he's a little excited i get it uh but that's gonna i think also also make sure that it's kind of like that frame commercial years ago pay me now pay me later but i can promise you this repair bill is a lot 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 more than it would have been with uh keeping that oil ever changed but uh you know it is it's uh, these keeping good fluid to lubricate these engines and stuff and again you know back in Back in the days, you know, it's like I said, we go two, three hundred miles. We're filling tanks full. We're putting the quart oil in. We're airing the tires up because you know tires just leaked like crazy back then. Yeah. Now we can go five thousand miles, but uh, and you know the other thing I think is uh, the general consumer doesn't maybe even really understand what oil is doing. You know, everybody thinks of lubrication, and it is lubricating, but its primary job is to dissipate the heat, get the heat out, get of the engine. heat out. You know, the the engine oil is you know, getting the heat from the cylinder walls out. And then the coolant is typically taking the heat out of the oil, but it's, it's really all about heat and, and yep. keeping the components cool. Uh, lubrication is key in, in what it does, but uh, every time that oil or any fluid heat cycles, you know, it loses its ability to extract the heat. Yep. It, it breaks down and uh, you know, then, operating temperatures rise on everything and then with rising operating temperatures becomes more wear uh and then you know you get dirt and debris and sludge uh you know build up in in those fluids and they just can't do their job they can't do what what they need to do uh to be able to do that and so it's it's yep basically a uh uh 
you know, it just one thing after the other and they, it compounds over time. And the more you, the more you ignore it, the harder it is to, uh, get that car back to, back to where it needs to be to perform at its best, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the other side of things that, uh, that I look at is not only from a fluid aspect, but just having somebody look over a vehicle. Uh, we had an instance here this week, uh, a gentleman had, uh, a brake line. Uh, so a rubberized brake line. So where the, the tire is, um, and the caliper is there's a rubber brake line that, uh, goes in the fender well and then attaches to a steel line. Well, the purpose of the rubber brake line is to be able to allow the tire to turn, uh, turn front and rear and move with the suspension and everything like that. Well, he had the rubber brake line, something had got up in under the car and bent the bracket that held the rubber brake line. And it was rubbed, it rubbed against the tire tire. Uh huh. And so it basically rubbed a hole in the brake line and then he lost all his fluid and didn't have any brakes. But my biggest thing is for somebody to be under that car periodically and looking it over, checking everything out, you know, looking for things like that, or just something that's, uh, again, that could be prevented, uh, from a repair or the vehicle being down or leaving you stranded on the side of the road. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. Some of the stuff that we see through the multi-point inspection, uh, or the dollars that we saved a customer by being able to, uh, you know, uh, diagnose or look at something and, and do a repair, uh, sooner than what, it would have been if it would have been a complete breakdown and left you on the side of the road. Yep. Exactly. Like Jason Cox says, funny story is to do a transmission flush or spend 6,500 bucks on a transmission. I'd be doing some, a lot of, you know, a lot of flushes for 6,500 bucks is what I would be telling you yeah. uh, from that part. And you know, the other thing, Josh, I'm going to tell you the way these engines are today and the, the low compression rings we have and everything else too. And we have the service, the GDI, which is a service from BG products. And basically what it is, is putting a can of, cleaner in the engine before we change the oil and the basically what that does is go on the back side of the engine oil uh, the rings and cleaning all that carbon and stuff that develops into those rings and that happens as a slow process you don't realize how much those rings start locking down as a slow process and you just lose a little bit of fuel economy here and there and a little bit of power and you don't realize it till you go back and run that cleaner through there and i'm going to tell you i would be putting the gdi service every stinking service uh, that I did every 5,000 miles, I do a GDI service to my truck. So I think the best analogy for that uh, is kind of like, you know, your bath and the dirty water, but, uh, you know, changing your oil is like taking a shower, changing your oil and doing a GDI service is taking a shower and using shampoo and conditioner. Yep. You know, and the difference in what that feels like and does for you, uh, is, is so much better. Um, and they have, you know, whether it's a gas or diesel, they've, they've got the same kits, uh, both ways. Uh, oh, a diesel, if, I know dang for, well, I'd be doing a diesel every time. But if, uh, if you're one of those people that, you know, maintenance intervals are that I have good intentions, I really want to get it done at 5,000 miles, but man, life gets in the way. And now I'm moved it on to, you know, uh, 6,000 miles or 7,000 miles, then definitely you need to be looking at the, at the GDI side of things. Uh, and I, then, I, you know, more, more frequently and as than just the normal consumer, it's not a bad thing to do every, every other, or every couple of services to, to do that kit as well. Yeah, exactly. So just know that we're here to help you with your maintenance and preventative maintenance 
uh, pay me now, pay us now or pay us later uh, kind of thing. We want to help you get you, build you your perfect, a perfect maintenance schedule to take care of you. Uh, that multi-point inspection is crucial each time. Uh, the dab lube of taking a sample of the fluids. I'd love to see what my fluids are doing uh, from that standpoint and everything else too. And, you know, it's kind of like going into my race car. I mean, I get laughed at every time with changing the transmission fluid every time that we race. Uh, everybody thinks you can do that stuff. Now, I will tell you that we're running this crate engine now instead of the open motor. Uh, and I, I went one race because I always change the oil every race in the engines. But I did the first time I did that with a crate. I mean, because it's a lower compression engine and, you know, it's only putting out about 410 horse or whatever that we're running in those cars. And I do feel okay because the first time I did one race and I pulled the plug, the oil looked like it was perfectly brand new, clean and everything. So I went, I'm going two races. That's all I do. I can't no more than two. I know you're freaking Who talked out to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I do do it every other and, uh, it's, uh, it's, that's, I'm not going anymore. The GM on the deal, it says, for, I think it says on the valve cover to change it every four to five nights. And there ain't no way I'm doing that. Uh, yeah. th those engines, even that engine is costing a lot of money sure. uh, to maintain it and take care of it and everything else. Too. Well, again, but, and you're talking about heat and getting rid of heat, you know, uh, in that race car, that's, uh, I mean, it gets, it gets warm going around that track and you're at optimal or, you know, running it at extreme RPMs and, and there's a lot of friction there for sure. Yep, exactly. So just let us set you down with a good preventative maintenance schedule. Let us help you with that. And one thing that just popped in my head here, Josh, is, you know, going from a multi-synthetic oil kind of, you know, years ago it was just a conventional oil. That's all we had. Now we're at the multi-blends of, you know, conventional and, and synthetics. And then you got your full synthetics and everything else too. Uh, and remember, when you go to a full synthetic, that does not extend your service interval. It does not. All it's doing is a better protection and everything else too. Remember, the most wear to your engine happens when you start it cold after it's setting. Uh, the full synthetics oils will get to these areas that need lubrication so much faster than a regular oil. And that's what you're really doing with the full synthetics is that, that initial startup, you're getting the oil to the places that it needs that oil so much quicker, and so much faster to stop that initial wear. Cause that's when the most wear happens on that cold startup from that part. But just remember the full synthetics do not, do not extend the intervals of your oil changes from that part. So Anyway, hey, we're about running out of time, uh, Josh. Uh, any last comments, anything at all from that standpoint? You know, yeah, it's definitely just uh, if you're due, uh, let us help you uh, from that side of things. And, uh, you know, I've pricing has been one of the things that we're looking at going out and uh, updating, or let me rephrase that, we are going to uh, go through an update. Commodities lately have, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to – keep track of the fluctuation of the cost of stuff and everything like that. And I've been doing a lot of, uh, uh, calling around and getting, getting what the local market's like and, and things like that. And, uh, there is a, there is a lot of different, uh, pricing out there. You, you really need to know what you're getting when you're, when you're asking that, uh, you know, is it a conventional oil? Is it a semi-synthetic oil? Is it, uh, you know, uh, what, what kind of filter is it? Because all of that, it really does make a difference. It's a huge difference. Um, huge difference from there. And, you know, we're at, again, our works is fifty nine ninety five, and you cannot barely go to an auto parts store, 
by the filter, the same filter that we use and the same oil that we use and take it home. And I think it'd be, you know, maybe six, seven bucks less uh, than what we charge uh, to do that. Then have a certified technician look at the vehicle, <laughs> look it uh, over, rotate the tires. You know, we're, we're topping off all the other fluids that are not even in the equation of what you would spend if you were, uh, you know, filling stuff up. And it just, uh, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have somebody, uh, you know, try to do that. Um, but I get it. There are gearheads out there that, that, you know, like doing that or want to do that and uh, completely understand it, but just make sure that, uh, make sure that you're doing the other things on the list too, and not just servicing the vehicle. Yeah. Anyway, Goose asked, what are the hours for Saturday to get oil change? And we're here till five o'clock on Saturday, open the doors at seven. 30 yeah so it's posted eight but 7 30 we're there's a line of cars and we're we've we'll got the doors open and, up. and get after it get going but here the quick lane is here till five so basically you need to get there i would say four-ish uh, to be able to get done and out of there by five o'clock from that part so, so the other uh side of that is we've really uh you know we revamped our oil change stickers uh as well for with a qr code uh and then i've been uh really working hard on the the quick lane app uh to be able to uh again understanding everybody's time you know and that the time is a, a commodity that uh, a lot of people cherish which is great but uh, we've got the online uh the quick lane online check-in and basically you can go to our web page uh and check in online or you can do it mobily through the mel hamilton ford app and uh check in uh down at the quick lane basically it's uh it'll give you the estimation of what it would take for us to get to your vehicle and again you can check in right there and get in online and then show up about that estimated time and we're we'll be pretty close to getting ready to pull your vehicle in and get to working on it just try and save you a little bit of time so so yes yeah, so use those apps to help you uh again the qr code that we now have on the oil change sticker to help get you right there uh, many ways to save you time and effort. Now, like you said, Josh, time is crucial for everybody today, and I get it. So try to use those apps. If you need some help with it, come in here. And when you come in and have us walk you through the apps and all that stuff to make sure you can get pre-checked in and get ahead of this game and everything else, too. So anyway, uh, let's wrap things up. Uh, everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Let's go through our sponsors real quick, of course, which is BG Products, all the great preventative maintenance products we use right side here, Mel Hamilton Ford. And uh, the great partnership by those guys. and can't wait to get that Mustang on the dyno over there at BG to see what kind of horsepower we really get into the wheels of that car. Uh, Big Corner Creative, all your advertising needs. If you need a web page, you need anything to help advertise your company, your business, you need a race car wrap, you need a vehicle wrap, you need windows wrapped, anything at all. It's a full-fledged, 100%, whatever you need to advertise your company, they can take care of it. And Jesse's got a great gang down there. And it's like they say, just Google us. And then, of course, go to rent. Uh, getting, the getting the vehicles back up there in the fleet for Stan little by little. So if you're looking for a rental car or something or a 12 or 15 passenger van, give Stan a call right inside here at Mel Holland Ford at go to rent. Everybody have a great Saturday and we'll talk to you next Saturday.